You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything as always i am your host nathan and we have another great episode lined up for you where we are going to meet our cast yes it's something that we haven't done since episode one when we had uh ryan sam and rachel on who i thought were going to be like the nucleus of the podcast and then you know other than ryan they've you know it's kind of been uh different you know uh, as far as that goes but uh we gathered three other people who have been on the show quite a bit um you know and uh and so yeah it's time for everyone out there to learn more about us and uh you know sort of give you a feel for you know these voices that you hear on the 42 cast you know every once in a while so um yeah, uh, so let's get to it and meet our cast for this week and so first up uh, he is our friend from the Satellite of Love. It is Mr. Mike Nelson himself. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, bud. How are you? It feels like I just spoke to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like like just a few <laughs> days ago, in fact. That's right. But no, I'm doing good. I am doing good. That's good. I, I should actually look, because I actually did a release schedule now, so I actually know through the end of the year like which episodes are going up when. I should see how close this one is actually going to fall to the Black Lightning one <laughs> and see like you know <laughs> if it's actually going to be back-to-back, because that would actually be funny. That um, would be cool. Yeah. But, uh, our, uh, but yeah, so what's been going on for you, Mike? Oh, man, nothing much. It's, uh, it's just been a busy time. We just got i just got told yesterday that we bought a new office building that will be moving two of our two of our smaller buildings will be moving into this building uh in the next 90 days uh and then we're also pushing out some new call center software to our call center next week so right now today i told my my staff of like two other people in my office just like hey we got some donuts we're going to play around with some uh, Microsoft Power Automate stuff, play some forms. But other than that, play your video games and let's just have fun today. And we just had fun. We, we just chilled out as much as possible today. Some people were watching. One was watching YouTube videos. The other one was just playing World of Warcraft. And I was like, well, I don't care about today. I cannot believe what you get away with at your work, Mike. But, I, but I'm the boss, right? <laughs> I am the boss of the office, and my and my supervisor was working from home today. Yeah. He was just like, he, he gave me some stuff to do, but I already did it as soon as he do, took an hour. And I was like, all right, have fun. I'm like, yeah, you too, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he probably went on the lake or went golfing today. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I can't stress enough. Please get a job in IT. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I, I sort of missed out um, there. Um, but, uh, well, 
I'm glad that you're having fun at work because uh, that's not the experience a lot of people have. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so I have to ask you, Mike. Yep. Have you made a crow and servo yet? No. I haven't even had the free time to really sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're too busy playing video games. <laughs> I am still on the hunt for the pops. Okay. All right. Well, um, it'll be cool once you have them because we, we, yeah, we ever, ought to capitalize did, on And did this. everyone see my new uh, What If trailer? My new voice? I did the voiceover <laughs> for that. So yeah. <laughs> I voiced the watcher, so it's great. Oh man, it's actually, um, you know, I noticed when you when you came on today, because we can, you know, uh, I could actually see Mike, uh, even though those listening uh, can't see him that, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've trimmed down, you've, uh, you know, or maybe I didn't notice yesterday, uh, or the other day, when we when we <laughs> saw each other, but, uh, you know, you, you're, uh, you're looking like you're ready to record another film. I am, I am. Trim uh, down the hair is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, we're. I'm getting to grow that a little bit just so Gordon uh, has a little bit more fluff when we start filming the HBO series. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode with you, Mike, if we didn't talk about you being Mike Nelson and also the fact that you are, um, you know, the, the spitting image of uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Yeah. Love, so. love it. <laughs> you know, until this moment. I never connected that. And now I can't unsee it. Like, now right. Yeah, he looks like Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> His own mother <laughs> saw a picture of Jeffrey Wright in a movie and thought it was a picture of Mike. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, that was that will never be let down. I would just start signing autographs for people who are like, oh, my God, are you Jeffrey Wright? And be like, yes, absolutely, I am. And just... <laughs> Yeah, Comic-Con coming out. This, this I just need Batman to come out so I can actually just start dressing as Gordon and I'm done. <laughs> awesome. You go. All right, well, I look forward to it. And yeah, you definitely got to take some videos with you do, when you do stuff like that. I want to oh, see some sure. crowd reactions and, uh, and stuff like that. Okay, admittedly, I had to Google him, but yeah, there's definitely a resemblance <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star of stage and screen, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> but uh, yeah mike it's good to have you back on the show good to be back man all right next up he's the guy that used to always have a drink in his hand that's our buddy james how are you doing james good and i'm back to always having a drink okay all right because it was it was like those snickers commercials where they're like you're not you when you're hungry you <laughs> it's know true. It's, like... <laughs> it's really true uh it's <laughs> podcasting since every like even the, my when I was doing my own podcasts, I was always drinking, mm -hmm. and it was just so foreign to like not have a beer or a whiskey or something in my hand. It was just like I, I feel like I don't contribute well to this. Like I'm just here. Uh, so 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 the health the health things everything's okay now. You're doing well. Your doctor's not concerned anymore. Yeah yeah. She told me. I mean you know like lose some weight, dude. And I was just like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So yeah. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to make some healthy choices. That's that's probably the newest stuff going on for me. Is I'm trying to make some better choices. I've started walking every day. I walk about. I walk almost three miles a day. Um, I should be getting my rowing machine in about a month. And so I'll start walking and then alternating between walking and rowing and um, trying to get a like since things are opening machine. up. How yeah, silly. I know. Row on a rowing machine. Um, a Roman on a rowing machine. <laughs> Romans row. Um, but yeah, we uh, and then uh, I'm looking at getting back into fencing since things have started opening up Ooh, here nice. in Washington. So I didn't know I'll, that you fence. What do you fence? 
so I practice and teach historical fencing. Uh, oh, okay. I'm part of the Society for Creative Anachronism, or the SCA as it's otherwise known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for those who may be international listeners, it, we are slightly an international organization. Uh, I think the most recent kingdom we crowned internationally was in Russia. Um, but yeah, we... Uh, I, I don't do just that. Like I'm looking at getting into like HEMA and stuff like that. Cause I'm a little more interested in the tournament side of things. Uh, the historical aspect is fun, but I really just want to stab some people. So <laughs> I know that sounds great, but <laughs> you're know, like, this guy's a serial killer. Yeah. See when I was in college, like I learned like, you know, like the sport fencing, but I, I, I saber not foil. you know, normally people yeah. think of, of fencing, they think of foil, but yeah. I, I, because saber is more like what I think of, you know, as a sword, you know, you slash with the saber, yeah. you know, foil is like, I get to do a little poke, a little dainty poke. Yeah. And I'm just it's, like, that's not, that's not sword fighting. You know? It's hilarious. <laughs> Cause what I do, we actually use what we call a schlager blade, which is a German training blade. Mm. And it's about the closest representation to an actual rapey Mm -hmm. that we can get to um it has a fairly uh a fairly equal weight ratio to those um and so what's always funny is i've never done olympic not once uh so Mm -hmm. i've never done foil i've never done epe i've never done saber um what's funny though is when we get people from that world who've never done what we do and they hop into it going oh yeah no i know all this fencing stuff i'm super fast and they take a very standard fencing style which doesn't work for what we do most of the time um and yeah like they they immediately try to play that speed game because that's what they're used to with a lighter blade with that heavier blade it's like after like three passes their arms just gas they're like why is this so heavy and i'm like because that's what you kill a man with right (laughs) yeah yeah because even like uh yeah the the sabers you use aren't true sabers they're just called saber and they are they're a little thicker than a foil but they're not they're not like a true saber that you would use in combat the only thing saberish about it is the handle that's about it (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah, you have the bell, yeah. But um, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no. I know how it is with the doctors, though, because it's like I'll go in and I'll be like, I have this weird rash on my arm. They'll be like, you should lose weight, and it's just like, all right, come on. You're like, I don't. Think <laughs> We've had that conversation before, problem. but that has nothing to do with what I'm seeing you about right, right. now. You're like, so. that, this is a secondary issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's deal with the issue. Right. <laughs> so all right but uh it's good to, i'm glad that you are doing better and i'm glad that you're making some healthier choices and uh, but it's good to have you back on the show james it's always good to be here man all right and next up we have uh my co-host from our star trek podcasts and that is my buddy stephanie how are you doing stephanie hello you saved the best for last thank you i'm doing yeah. well yeah it was deliberate <laughs> well i appreciate the deliberate saving of me that sounded weird but anyway i'm doing well (laughs) that's good that's good so uh, what's been going on for you um pretty much same old same old still we've been in this house for what seven eight months now still unpacking still trying to get the guest room painted i've been fighting with that since like january and it's now july um and yeah just that's about it. Um, I never leave the house because I work from home. <laughs> um, I have started on my fifth novel. Um, nice. nice. Man, I should go back and listen to all of our previous podcasts and see how 
I've updated about that because I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it ever since I started doing that on these. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've started the fifth. Um, I am also in the process of a massive overhaul of the first one because I am finally thinking I will probably, maybe, hopefully, cheer me on here, go for trying to get published. <laughs> oh, Stephanie! <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Is this like a Tolkien thing where, like, you get to, like, you know, like, you, you, you write so far and then you're like, oh, no, now, like, the stuff doesn't work like that I'm doing over here in this part. So I'm going to have to rewrite the whole thing from the beginning. I got to admit, I've been very glad that Back when I originally finished the first one, I only reached out to three people, all of which who rejected me uh, because I have gone back and made plenty of revisions <laughs> as I wrote more. Um, but I'm pretty sure I, the fourth book pretty much wrapped up the initial arc of the series. Um, so I am pretty confident that I'm not going to need to go back and do any of those types of revisions anymore because that overall arc has finally wrapped up and I'm moving on to a new, still the same world and the same characters and all that, but just new stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's really cool. You know, as someone who hasn't even gotten, like, his first novel, like, off the ground started, just thoughts percolating in my head. I I appreciate the fact that, because you've been, you've stuck with this. Like, you know, because, right. yeah, it was like, what, a, two and a half, three years ago that you started, right? And you've just been chugging along. I mean, honestly, this story I originally came up with when I was still in college. Mm. Um, by the time I finally decided to write it down... Um, I had already been developing it for close to a decade. Mm -hmm. um, it's now been over a decade. Uh, but yeah, it was for National Novel Writers Month in 2017 that one of my uh, one of my employees actually, just before that started, managed to somehow get me talking about my series. I don't remember how or why, but somehow he got me talking about this the story that I've been developing for like seven or eight years at that point and then I found out about National Novel Writers Month well I finally actually acknowledged it I have plenty <laughs> of friends who have participated in it mm. forever and I decided to give it a go and that 50,000 words just seemed so big and that first novel finished at like 150,000 <laughs> words um, and now that number seems minuscule um so what does but, that correspond to about page wise 100 like your first novel like do you know how many like what what is word or whatever program you're using say page wise you know when i printed out a hard copy um for my grandma actually it was a size 12 font one and a half spacing and it came to about 300 pages at a eight and a half by 11 page so in an actual book format, I think that came to like just shy or just over 600. Mm. It's not quite half a page. I just can't remember if it's more or less words when you uh, format it for like a standard paperback size book. Mm -hmm. I say standard when, you know, paperbacks come in all sorts of sizes. Sure. But... 
Yeah, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, like, like the general, like, because there is like a size that when you go to the bookstore, a lot of the books sort of fit in a certain height, you know, right. that they go across. So yeah, I, I think I got what you're talking about. And 600 pages is really respectable. And I've uh, moved on to my third writing program now, <laughs> um, which is one that I wish I would have just gone with from the beginning, uh, especially now that I've started using it. And I discovered that it actually keeps track of how many words you've written per day, the average amount that you do. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I had had this from the very beginning. <laughs> um, but I kept putting it off because it's actually a, a program I would have had to purchase. And so I kept putting it off and putting it off. And finally, I'm like, you know, all these free tools that I've been using, just they're definitely not designed for the amount of words I'm shoving into them. Mm -hmm. um, so I finally bit the bullet and went ahead and bought Scrivener, which is apparently a very popular tool amongst writers. And yeah. I've I've barely scratched the surface of the features that this program offers you to and it's just awesome. So No, that's that's very cool. Yeah. Does it keep track of how many words you like like if you like say a word like and it tells you like you use this word like a yeah. lot. Okay. Yeah, 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 I can actually look at my overall um my overall word usage and it tells me like I know my most common used word in my current book is the <laughs> yeah well that uh, one's kind of necessary but i, I notice yeah. <laughs> sometimes when i go back and look at things that i've written after i've written you know because you're writing you're going on you're in a flow that i reuse oh, yeah. the same word a lot and then i'm like oh crap i don't want to use because it it sounds dumb right when you just keep on repeating the same word and then it's like oh well let me change it to something else that means the same thing you know so it doesn't sound like i'm using the same word over and over and over again oh, yeah. so yeah i've been there there was like one time paragraph you're like this is incredible that was right incredible. yeah incredible, yeah, incredible is feeling like that. <laughs> I, people I've are like been there. everything's incredible um there was one time i managed to use the word sofa six times in one paragraph <laughs> <laughs> now that wasn't my very first book so <laughs> uh -huh. but um yeah no it, it tells you all that type of stuff and i'm really kind of looking forward to um dumping all of my old books into this program. I haven't done that yet because I have to do a little bit of formatting to make it work properly. Um, I'm also currently going through doing that deep dive of my first one uh, with somebody else. So I'm keeping it on a service right now that I can share with them so we can both review it. Um, and uh, once that's good to go, uh, yeah, I'm going to start dumping all of the past ones into this program and try to make use of a lot of those features because like I can put notes and research right into the document and that's just really kind of exciting and it even has the tools to, uh, uh, oh, I forget the phrasing that they use, but basically export it into an actual publishing for books format. So Nice. Just go like straight to a printer or something like that. At least that's my understanding of it. I haven't played with that part that much yet, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and I I think that makes a lot of sense though. Like you know, you got to spend some money to have like the really great tools. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's great, Stephanie. It's great to have you back on the show too. Thank you. You're welcome. 
All right. So normally we have our five minute controversy, but I feel like our topic tonight where we're just going to like sort of ask each other questions and say how what we think about them kind of satisfies what a five minute controversy would do anyway. And since we've already done a show this same week we recorded where we already talked about an actual controversy. Um, I don't have anything else. So we're going to move on to our promo. And then after that, we'll, we'll get to talking to each other. So here's the promo. Okay. Promo for the flop cast. Let's go. First. I need an adjective. Uh, naked. You need a noun. Wombat. Place. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Number. Uh, 251. Okay, then. The Flopcast is a naked podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, and wombats. Find us on the ESO network and flopcast.net. Go ahead and listen to it in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. (laughs) 251 times. And um, like we mentioned, this is going to be like our first episode. If you didn't hear our first episode, go back and listen to it because it's not one that really ages. Um, It's one where we're just kind of throwing questions out and talking about, you know, how we feel about certain general geeky topics and stuff. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's the same thing, same format, different people. Uh, And this time James is going to start us off. So James, what is your first question? So I assume everybody here is familiar with the Star Trek universe. Um, what? Especially... I've never heard of it. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> um, so uh, my question is a hypothetical. If you replaced Khan with any three cereal box characters out of the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, Tony the Tiger, or the Trix Rabbit, which one would you choose and why? <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Well, now I'm reformulating all of my questions. (laughs) Wait, so it's Tony the Tiger, Lucky the Leprechaun, or the Trix Rabbit? Yes. Okay. To replace Khan as the villain. (laughs) Mike, are you broken? What I like is the people I can see on camera and the postulating. Dude, I happening. can't. I'm. <laughs> I mean, because you 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 said before that you prefer Star Trek to Star Wars, Mike. So I assume you know some Star Trek. You know who Khan is, right? Yes, yes. I am trying to even run every piece of that movie through in my head. <laughs> I you know, Mike. those characters. <laughs> it's like now some here, sort of I, I need a little bit of clarification. Are we talking original Khan or? eggs benedict cumberbatch that's Come that's on. a fair that's a fair clarification original <laughs> con yeah i was gonna go with original okay. too <laughs> because i feel mm. like benedict cumberbatch you could replace with any of those and it would just be fine <laughs> i thought i had like, an I answer like him. but then i thought of a different um. <laughs> see i've had my answer but then i realized wait there's two actors who played con so mm. my answer would change if we were going with uh 
All right, yeah. Mike, if it's just if it's too hard for you, just just pick one and just like Man, go with I it. Gotta tell you, I just, um I broke Mike and you did. Proud of Mike did right too. now. I think I think question. I think I will only I will go with uh the Lucky Charms Leprechaun only because I love hearing accents. Like I just want to hear I just want to hear accents the whole way through. Just oh my god, and how bubbly he is too. Just the whole oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's just he he's always happy, just Go so, for so it. do you want to hear Lucky the Leprechaun with his sort of Irish way of speaking trying to imitate the way Khan talks? Or is it just Lucky with his own, like, way of talking? Just his way of talking. Okay. Ah, oh, Kirk, <laughs> me old friend. <laughs> Listen to it! <laughs> You'll never get my Genesis device. <laughs> All nice. right. <laughs> Lucy, lucky was was my first thought. So yes, I like. <laughs> All right, Stephanie. See, I immediately went for Tony the Tiger because he could keep the same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> and also with this whole their great attitude, it definitely goes with you know him thinking that all of these augments are of course superior. They're great. <laughs> Obviously, True. I do a great imitation of Tony the Tiger. <laughs> well, now I just feel derivative because you guys have basically gone with both my thoughts because I don't, I don't really think the Trix Rabbit's a good substitute. But, the, but I'm thinking slightly different on Tony. The reason that I was thinking Tony is because you know all the shots you have of Ricardo Montalban's chest, and it looks like it's plastic. Like he claims it's really his chest that he really like beefed up for the role and everything, but it looks like a prosthetic chest that they just put. So I'm just imagining Tony the Tiger with like a prosthetic human chest on him. <laughs> okay, see, I was still imagining it being a furry tiger chest, but still built like that. Right. You know, if we go with Benedict Cumberbatch, then you could suck stick the tricks rabbit in there no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right so what do you what do you think james so for me and it's the, the this question literally came into my mind because of one meme somebody shared uh the oh, other no. day on a discord channel that i i'm on and what they had done is they had taken Lucky the Leprechaun and his eyebrows naturally like arc over because he looks happy. And all they did is they like turned him down. So he just looked sinister, like super sinister. And I was like, <laughs> I'd watch that guy in any movie as the bad guy. I really would. And so that's where I was. I was just like, I would I would totally take Lucky the Leprechaun as like con. Like, yeah, he's short, but you know, he's just, yeah, it's magically delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I, wow! I'm just—I feel so good about that question because, like, I just watched Mike's gears just stop for like a beat there, where he's just like, "I don't know." Like, it was how you worried the question because like, you stopped that cereal box, and I'm like, "Oh, that'd be easy, Captain Crunch." I would love Captain Crunch to be it, and then he was the three. I'm like, "Oh wow, hold on, uh, who's who's the three B?" It was you really know, tempted to name like the the honeycomb character who's super <laughs> innocuous and like nobody like even remembers any of the commercials he used to be in once upon a time. Now he's just on a box. He doesn't do anything, I don't think. It was like that scene in WandaVision where they do like the x-ray of his body so you can see the gum like literally gumming up the gears inside yeah. of him. That was what was going on in his head. You could see yeah. like like just gum was just like in his head and the gears were sopping. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the world I come from. That's <laughs> yeah, God, man, James, I shouldn't have picked you first because now we all have to measure up to that. Oh my God, it's fair. Oh, well, you know. Okay, okay, Mike, wow us, <laughs> bro, bro, no. Just ask your first question. <laughs> like, three hours to prepare. <laughs> well, to uh, be fair, you've actually had like a month to prare, and you just totally, just... <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah, you totally Until forgot. Until Monday yeah. when you mentioned it. I didn't even know about questions <laughs> until you tagged me in the post. Oh, behind the scenes. Um, to be honest, because uh, and even thinking of the questions, uh, I, I somehow like went to my childhood because I got home actually I got home today. I'm like, what were we going to watch? And then the question dawned on me is like, when you guys got home, when you're in school or whatever, what did you watch jeopardy or will of fortune? Oh, okay. I never really watched either of them. However, my great grandma used to like watching wheel of fortune. So I'm more familiar with that because she would watch it. But I am—I um, was never a fan of those game shows, actually. When I was homesick from school, I wasn't watching uh, like Jeopardy or anything like that. I was watching Mari and trying to figure out who the daddy was. <laughs> 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 or I was watching Matlock and just um, watching a curmudgeonly old man solve mysteries. <laughs> oh, Mori. Oh, man, Mori. Yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of what I actually would watch when I came home from school, well, that depends on the year, but if Sailor Moon was on after school at that time, hands down, it was Sailor Moon. <laughs> <clears throat> um, can I pick Hollywood Squares? No. Okay. Wow, I forgot about <laughs> Hollywood Squares. <laughs> well, it also depends on how far back you want to go, because that's an 80s thing. I mean, they did bring it back, you know, at one point, but... It wasn't as good, um, but but truly, I mean, truly, they brought it back with Whoopi, right? Whoopi was always the yeah, same yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whoopi brought it back, but I didn't think it was as funny because I think like the original Hollywood Squares, it was really, really funny, and it was funny like how like they would like totally like play the the people who were asking the question like it seemed like in the reboot they were seriously answering to the best of their knowledge and i'm like that's not what's funny what's funny is when you're trolling the person and seeing if they can figure out if you're trolling them or not and and yeah it was anyway um um but uh but yeah so actually answer your question i'm a jeopardy guy i i i prefer i'm not good with phrases but i know a lot of trivia <laughs> all right james i'm kind of like stephanie i i didn't really watch those shows uh when i was younger my parents didn't watch those shows um like my mom maybe some jeopardy on occasion there's nothing else on tv my aunt uh yeah diehard jeopardy fan like every time it was on like i guarantee if i was at her house she was watching it uh, my grandmother was a big wheel of fortune fan so, so and they lived in the same house so it was like i could go to my grandma and be like hi grandma she's watching wheel of fortune bar none and then like leave the other room and then my aunt would be watching uh jeopardy but um yeah like for me coming home it was dragon ball z like uh, on 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 toonami so it's just like i'm gonna miss dragon ball z it's on in like five minutes i gotta run across the street back to my house 
because uh, I live right behind the school. But yeah, I'm going to get out my cane because it's like you guys are talking about Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and everything. And I'm like, God, you know, like we're talking about when we were in school. <laughs> I was uh, only watching Dragon Ball Z because it was on after Sailor Moon on Toonami. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did watch it on Toonami, but I was in college by that point. So. <laughs> I was in middle school. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, I am definitely a Will of Fortune fan. Love me some Pat Sajak. Love it. Okay. Awesome Interesting dude. you went for Pat and not Vanna. All right. So we're learning a lot about you now. She's from Charleston. I know better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Some Charleston shade out there. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that, though. No, actually, no. She's not from Charleston. I'm sorry. Actually, she's from Irmo. She <laughs> went to Irmo High School. Okay, I hate her now. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I went to Lexington High School. The rivalry is strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> like the only Ugh. big thing I know is like Vanna went to Irmo High School. She's from South Carolina, and it's like cool. She what's her job? Oh, she gets paid millions to press a button to turn a light oh my not god not just millions to do that like she gets to wear super expensive gowns all the time like it's crazy she's been doing that too like for like what 40 something years i mean it's it's crazy she looks okay, incredible I mean, not quite... for her age well yeah no that's true <laughs> but i mean like yeah but it's it's and not i guess it hasn't quite been 40 years but it's 30 something in the high 30s i think that that show has been on so yeah that's that's a good gig i mean it's only even better once she gets to that geriatric stage where she has to like take a walker <laughs> to like get to the lights and it's like the show goes from like what is it like a 45 minute show or something like that to like an hour and a half because we're just waiting for vanna to get to the letters <laughs> Okay, so Stephanie, what's your first question? My first question is kind of a twofer. Um, it's basically, what did you want to be when you were a kid? And how does that affect your life now? Like, do you still in any way partake in what you wanted to be when you were a kid? Mm, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess there's two answers because... I used to tell people when I was a really little kid that I wanted to be a firefighter. I have absolutely no idea why I picked that. I know it's a common thing for kids to say, and I don't even understand why that was a thing for me. But, you know, that has absolutely no bearing on anything that I do or anything. In fact, if the fire department came to my house, they would probably, like, you know, just, like, start having heart attacks because... This, not up to code. Not at all. Well, you are I think when they check the extinguishers, they would be like oh my god you know like, you should this abandon thing, this, this house thing was bought like, <laughs> this thing is like from the 80s how do you still have it <laughs> but uh no I, it's not that bad but but yeah i haven't checked my extinguishers in a, in a while but um but uh but yeah no i mean but the, the the secondary answer the real answer you know the answer when i was at least old enough but yet still you know like to like really process like the idea of you know what do you want to do when you grow up and and have a serious answer uh is uh writer um i wanted to be a writer since i don't know seven or eight um and uh it is something that comes and goes with importance in my life and 
because I do have a lot going on, I haven't really devoted as much time to it uh, as, you know, I think would satisfy me completely. But I do also have a lot of responsibilities in my life. But yeah, it's still, it's something that's never left. I mean, it's something that remains part of my life. Um, I did get a couple of short stories published, um, but I don't have anything like a novel you know out there which is what i'd really love to do and i have some great ideas i also have some fan fiction ideas and i should really focus on those because those would be a lot easier to get out and put somewhere <laughs> where people could read them uh, even though they wouldn't be published but i should probably just get those done um because those are things that have been like eating away at my head for 20 years so i should i should really get that <laughs> Fixed. writing is writing and fan fiction is valuable fiction yeah um who was i talking to recently oh yeah so um an author john peel who's written star trek novels doctor who novels he had james bond not like like the like the newer james bond novel you know the non you know murder stuff he's written for a lot of franchises and done a lot of original work too and he was basically like um i got my start in the 70s writing for fanzines he's like and and then I'm paid to basically write fan fiction. He's like all these people who throw shade on fan fiction. It's like it's garbage. It's like you're you're writing, and really, you know, if you're starting out writing, it's easier to do like an established property anyway because a lot of the work's already been done as far as establishing characters in a universe, and then you just have to bring a good story for those characters in that universe. And so, yeah, he was very positive on it, which I which you know kind of pleased me because you know yeah. I, I I hate when people throw shade on fan fiction i mean i think World it's a bad example it is i think it's a bad example but i mean if somebody can write 50 shades of gray which started off as a fan fiction of, <laughs> of uh, twilight <laughs> and be successful like very successful like it's like who cares if if the books are garbage or not in your opinion like she made she made bank like she right. made a lot of money nobody cares <laughs> like but yeah i mean it, it got its start somewhere it's just you know not everything's for everybody yeah all right, but James, what about you? Oh, man. Um, so as soon as I found out people could play video games and make a living off of it, I was like, <laughs> what? Why am I not doing that? So I wanted, I, I really wanted to be a game tester for a long time when I was a kid, um, all the way up into, I would say, my early 20s. Um, and then I met somebody who was a game tester uh, for the original like Tomb Raider games back in the PlayStation days uh, for IDOS. And he was like, it sucks. And I was like, really? And he goes, well, here's the thing. He goes, you, he goes, I bet you have the same problem. Everybody who gets into testing has. And I go, what's that? And he goes, everybody thinks you just play video games all day long and people just pay you for it. Um, or you play through just an entire game and then people pay you for it for your, you know, and, and, and tell them, you know, like what's broken. And I went, yeah, isn't that it? And he goes, no, you play the exact same level over and over and over and over at nauseum to make sure all the bugs are out. Everything is working in just like this section of the game. He goes, that's a lot of your job. And he goes, and it's not a glorious job. You get paid like minimum wage. Now Ooh. the industry has shifted a little bit. Uh, testers do get paid a little bit more, but that's because they also don't use as many testers as they used to mm. use once upon a time. Um, what it evolved into for me, uh, I'm still trying to actually look for an in into the game industry. Um, I actually recently talked to a friend. He works for Riot Games down in California. Um, and he tried to get me to apply for a job down there. And I went, I don't want to move to LA. Not at all. Not even for a second, but thank you. Um, as much as it would be cool to work there, 
uh i was just like uh, yeah no i just don't want to live in a city that big and i don't want to live in that kind of heat it's part of the reason i left montana um but like here in washington uh bungie studios they're here they're oh, responsible dude, for, yeah yeah destiny yeah. um halo uh microsoft studios is here uh nintendo's got a studio here uh now that microsoft has acquired bethesda i wouldn't be surprised if a bethesda campus ended up showing up in the seattle area um but as they told me they're like you uh, he was like you have all this financial experience he goes you wouldn't work in game creation like you wouldn't work on the software side you'd be on the business side if anything he goes and you definitely have qualifications that could get you there and just that a little bit of encouragement has really put me in a place where i've been really thinking about it a lot um so that might be the direction i go but it's inspired me because i really found that i like sharing my opinion about games i play and so that inspired me to start writing and doing like games journalism um and i tried to start my own site and that's kind of eh, not really had the success i'd like it to but that's on me it's not because people don't read what i have i just don't produce content mm. um because it's hard it's and, and that's yeah. that's the other thing nobody tells you it's just like you want to get into podcasting even if it's just to share an opinion about video games, books, movies, whatever it is, um, or you want to write articles uh, for journalism, like it's work. It's real work. It's not like, oh, I play it and then I just share an opinion. Like my writing skills were garbage when I started. Um, and I had, thankfully, like good editors where I started because uh, I started for another company and they really like honed in like a lot of stuff for me where I was like, oh, okay yeah no grammar's important grammar's really important <laughs> yes it is um, it really is and so like i use a software now when i do write it's called grammarly and it's built into google uh and it's built into like microsoft edge like it's just an online thing and it's pervasive and it does a lot of what like stephanie's software does um, not everything i'm sure because it's not like a software bundle specifically but yeah it it tells me like grammatically what's wrong or like hey you use this word way too much or this sentence doesn't make sense with what you're doing so it just gives me a keener eye to go back and like really look at what i'm writing so i mean i've, I've helped myself out a lot of ways so yeah, it's still the drive. Like I, I play video games all the time. I love games. I love talking about them with people. Um, and I love not being, cause for a long time I was the guy who was like, you know what? I could be the next Yahtzee Crowshaw or Jim Sterling. And these are guys who they're super cynical um, and their content is funny. I do enjoy it, but um, it was Susan. I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. She used to be the editor-in-chief for Escapist Magazine, which is a gaming uh, and, and kind of nerdism magazine. And she, I saw her at a panel at Emerald City Comic Con, the first one I went to, and she was just like, so let me tell you this. She was just like, as somebody who's been an editor and all that, I'm here to tell you, we don't need more Yahtzees. We don't need more Jim Sterlings. I've worked with both of them, and I love them to death. They're great people. But you don't need cynics everywhere you turn for games and reviews like just offer something and i you know offer something unique something different and what i've gleaned in the gaming space is you get so many opinion reviews out there that don't remind the reader that this is my opinion like it just assumes people go oh yeah this is an op-ed i get that most of the millennial generation they they wouldn't know what an op-ed was if you slapped them in the face with it they have no idea what that definition is and so it really turned into i was like 
here's my experience. These are the things that I enjoyed about the game. Here's the graphical things I found that I liked or I didn't like. And I break it all down. And then at the end, I go, but listen, it doesn't mean that a lot of people didn't work really hard on this game. It doesn't mean that a lot of people didn't put their blood, sweat, and tears into this. And I would encourage you, still support them in some sort of way. Even if that's you go out, you rent the game for a night somewhere, you rent it through Gamefly. Even if you buy it, you don't like it, you take it back and you trade it in, at least like give some sort of due respect to the developers and the software engineers who work on this stuff. And they put all of themselves into it to try to create something that hopefully you'll enjoy, you know, and maybe you'll like it, even though I didn't or vice versa. So yeah, I, I, I'm still very much inspired with the industry and I, 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 I desperately want to be some part of it and contribute to it in some way. Very cool. Yeah, just but... a little side note to that, and especially Nathan, if you start finally putting your stories down, Grammarly is great for the type of writing that he was just talking about, and for all of my work stuff, mm. it is horrible for fiction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot differentiate uh, speech versus technical writing, basically. Mm. I do. I still run my stuff through Grammarly though, because it does catch a lot of those double words, and it does catch unusual spelling mistakes or things like that. Yeah, but, but if yeah. you're using dialects, I assume that like that, yeah. like that kind of writing, it would probably flag <laughs> everything. And you're like, no, that's the way this character speaks, you know? Or like... just the fact that even as somebody who does very much value proper grammar and such like that, people don't talk in proper grammar. Mm. Um. Like, I can write beautifully uh, using proper structure and all that jazz. And clearly words fail me when they're coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, Grammarly is a little bit too stringent on the rules mm, yeah. um, to really work well for when you're trying to convey individualism, which you get a lot more in fiction than you do in um technical writing or review writing or things like that so yeah it makes my emails to clients for work sound amazing oh yeah no i, I definitely <laughs> utilized it for that very fact because then it does find what i am talking in you know just human speech it's like hey this could be revised a little i'm like oh yeah let's turn that into professional lees instead of stephanie's <laughs> No, thank you. That's actually a really good tip for me to, you know, sort of think about like what what to use because mm -hmm. no, yeah. I, I still recommend it, but it's not great for fiction. <laughs> you don't want to lean on it a lot if you're doing fiction. Okay. All right. So Mike, what about you? I mean, going back into my earliest memories, the only thing I remember ever wanting to be growing up was a movie director. I love movies. I love the storytelling. I love the visuals. Uh, and of course, Kevin Smith was a big inspiration. Just uh, didn't really, he went to film school, but ultimately dropped out of two of them and still <laughs> popped out with some great stuff. Uh, obviously not in the director role much or even in that realm, uh, but from directing, it did lead me into video editing uh, led me into content creation for YouTube, for Twitch, uh, and even on the same realm as uh, James. Like I, one of my favorite reviewers is uh, 
John Bain, who's a total biscuit over on YouTube, who's a bit good friend of Jim Sterling. Like, yeah. And yeah, he was literally called the cynical Brit. And seeing how he did his reviews, like it brought me into the YouTube scape of how I wanted to do reviews, how I wanted to cover games. And not in that cynical view, but, and you're absolutely right, there's like a lot of cynics and a lot of people that just really dislike games sometimes. Like I definitely give some harsh reviews as well but at the same time at the end of the day it's like these are video games that definitely people worked on and they wanted them to succeed and there are players out there who do have fun with it and even if i am as cross as ever with a certain game that has marvel branding on it (laughs) i will give the devs as much respect as possible but they also just need to go ahead and shut the game down sorry uh but no like marvel avengers Oh my god, I hate that game so much. I think we all knew what he was talking about. Uh, even I, who don't play <laughs> modern games, knew what he was talking about. Oh my god. Uh, but no, like even but again, like the director thing is always like in the kind of in the back pocket. Uh, I still have all this video editing stuff because of it. Like I, I produced some great stuff for Nathan here for the 42 cast, uh, which also has been like some great well, some of my great work. Uh, did a video for uh, for Dragon Con for the Star Wars panel, so yeah, it's directing is still definitely in my blood. I definitely like, especially Boston people, uh, but at least showing and sharing a vision that I have for a piece of art, uh, music, or something, and presenting it in a way that people may or may not like. So, directing is definitely still in the blood, and really scopes on how I how I go through everything with my content creation in life. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, as soon as you said directing, I was like, I get it. Because, <laughs> yeah, even though you're not a movie director, like a lot of what you're doing, it requires a lot of the same skills. So, you know. All right, Stephanie. Well, I had a lot of different things that I wanted to do as a practical job. Uh, that was always changing. But deep down, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a cartoonist. Hmm. Um, and I mean, Nathan, you met me right after I stopped drawing because basically I ended up trading my drawing for cosplay. Um, But I mean, I still went to art school. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. um, And I just couldn't get myself back to drawing no matter how much I tried. I mean, I still have all of my old sketchbooks and stuff and I would try and I just you know, I've got the technical skills, but I just, it didn't bring me much joy after I stopped um, doing it, after I traded it for a different hobby. Um, oddly enough, I don't cosplay all that much anymore either. But uh, the thing that I realized though, is that even though I stopped drawing, those stories were staying with me. And eventually I realized that, you know, it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to be a cartoonist. I just wanted to be a storyteller. Um, and cause like, I always loved reading. I loved throwing myself into these different worlds that you got from books, you got from comic books, you got from fiction on TV and even old radio shows and stuff like that. And I just always wanted to do the storytelling. The drawing was just the way that I went with it because I was a big anime fan and obsessed with sailor moon so fan art turned into my own stuff (laughs) and so i was i wanted to be like a manga artist just like uh takeuchi was and all that type of stuff um and uh 
so basically that kind of goes back to when you know we first started talking today when you were asking me what's up um when I finally came to that realization, it was really with that conversation with my employee back in 2017, where I'm like, you know what? It, it's it's more that I want to get this story out to people. And so that's where um, I started writing. And I write a lot, enough that my partner sometimes uh, gets a little frustrated that I spend a lot of my free time <laughs> typing away or editing or doing something like that. Um, so yeah, I guess Nathan, you and I kind of have a similar, uh, what we wanted to be. It just took me a while to transition the thought from being set on drawing these graphic novels, um, to translating it just to text. And I mean, with how much I always read, I was always in the advanced literature courses. My English and literature skills were the only thing that saved my ACT or SAT scores, I don't remember which I took. I just know that science was very, very average and my math was abysmal. But I was in the highest percentile nationwide for all the language crap. So <laughs> that saved me. Um, so it really did seem like the right path for me to go down. Um, so on my fun time, I do my fiction writing. Um, and for my professional life, I'm actually a data analyst, but in my last role, I was a quality analyst where I wrote all of the technical guides and all of the training documents. And even though I am technically the data analyst, anytime we have new training guides or technical guides and things that need to be done, uh, they get pushed my way um, at the very least for the final editing because of those skills that I have honed. And like I said, with work, I'm using Grammarly all the time because it definitely is a valuable asset for um, for business writing, I think. And now You're Grammarly not paid not to promote. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we both went on that same thought. At the same time. We have not been paid by Grammarly. <laughs> <laughs> but they should, at least for this episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm glad that you brought up storytelling because you're right. I mean, like, that's something that I could have just brought out too because, I mean, me being a game master for, you know, RPGs, a lot of that pulls from like the desire you know to tell stories that i have to write so i mean i guess i do keep up with it a little bit from that i'll not that i not that i get a chance to play that often but and covid ruined my annual you know memorial day weekend humongous game that i do every year um now for two years running so thanks covid um but <laughs> you're rooting for 2022 yeah here's rooting right. for 2022 but um but yeah so uh yeah no that's 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 yeah that's awesome for you and that's that you reminded me of something for for mine even so um but I gotta uh, say, though, i'm kind of not surprised but a little surprised at the same time that all of us kind of had a similar path in how this question was answered yeah um so my first question, which I think we, I think we already got a hint of Stephanie's answer to this one, but <laughs> maybe not. What 
what it, what work of fiction or franchise i mean like that's the thing i'm trying to say that basically it can be like an individual book or movie or if it's a franchise that's fine you don't have to pick one book or one movie within that franchise has been or video game basically fictional work has been the most influential on your life and how I might have broken James on this one. That's a little bit of a hard question. <laughs> I know for me, uh, and it's always will, it always is, and always will be my number one favorite movie that will always stop. Are, are you watch. are you skipping, Mike? I'm skipping. James got a James has got to answer first. You want James to answer first? I'm trying <laughs> I to want him to be in the think. hot seat here. <laughs> Man, um, he's as broken as I was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, the great thing about that question is like, we're all nerdy people. And yeah. so there's like so many things that I think have been influential. So trying to figure out like, what's the most influential thing for me? Um, what does your gut tell you, James? I, oh man. I'm not going to ask you to show your work, so it doesn't. I mean, if, it's, <laughs> if there are several uh, that are really close, you don't have to really like quantify like yeah. which one is the most. I mean, I think, I think it, it's it's kind of two things for me because it's different generations of my life. Okay. Um, so I would say, like when I was younger, I was I was really into um, uh, a lot of fictional work. Um, just anything and everything like suddenly i found that that um exit um because my home life wasn't great um and i won't delve into that that's a whole rabbit hole nobody wants to hear about so <laughs> but because of that like fantasy fiction was my escapism so i mean uh a friend of mine i think where it started honestly was the hobbit and he was just like you should read this book. And I was just like, why? And he was just like, it's about hobbits. And I was like, I don't even know what the hell a hobbit is. <laughs> um, and so like, I read the book and I love the Hobbit as out of all of Tolkien's work for me, the Hobbit is one of my favorites. And it's just because it's so, I don't want to say simplistic because I think that undermines the work itself, but I, I think it was just easier to focus on like the singular character story, even though like it's not really singular. Like there's so many characters that are happening. There's so much background to, you know, the dwarves and all that, but it was just a really great work of art and it inspired me to get more into fictional reading. Um, after that, I picked up Terry Goodkind because his right or not Terry Goodkind, sorry, uh, Terry Brooks, mm. um, his writing's very similar. Why? Oh, I don't know. He's only told everybody I was most inspired by the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> um, so you can see like the similarities in his writing. So I got really inspired by a lot of that. I would say later in life, um, in the latter section of my life, the probably the most inspirational uh, work of fiction for me has been the Assassin's Creed franchise. I'm a rabid fan of this franchise. It's a video game franchise. It's huge. Um, it's starting to get a little tired. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's it's interesting because it appealed to so many things for me personally. Like I'm a huge history nerd. I love history. Um, I'm a big believer in the saying of uh, if we don't read about and learn from history we are doomed to repeat it um because really we are but it, it's it's one of those games that takes me to places in the world 
I will probably never physically be able to go to. I'll just never have the financial ability, things like that. So it's like you play these games where like you're you're you know you're scaling you know Notre Dame or you're um, you know going through these Italian areas in Florence and whatnot. Um, and seeing the city as it was supposed to be designed in that period. And it's just like this walk through history while also getting to assassinate a few bad guys. Um, but it's just been really inspiring. It's really interesting. And it keeps me just engaged with, I think, the gaming world whenever I'm like, Ugh, just I can't do another shooter. I can't do another one of these. And then it's like they come out with this new world for me to explore. There's these hidden items to go find everywhere, and I just love it. Um, I'm always I'm always into it. Inspired. The latest game was Vikings, and I was just like, oh my god! I just finished the show Vikings, and I've been watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix, and now it's a game about Vikings. Let's do the Vikings. So I just yeah, like that's that's probably been what what's the two most inspirational things in my in my life for for where I've been. Awesome. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Stephanie and I wouldn't know anything about Tolkien after talking for three episodes about <laughs> it. <laughs> I will say this, though. The Hobbit is my absolute favorite book. I'm that guy who, like, commits the sin of telling people who are Tolkien fans, and I go, I've never actually made it through the Fellowship of the Rings or any of the other books like I, I i have read half of the fellowship of the rings and i keep falling asleep when i read it <laughs> and it's not because it's not great writing he's just so instrumental and in, like i need to describe every yes. detail of the world and it's just too much i'm like oh i just you it's like just a lullaby man i need to describe and <laughs> right <laughs> yes that is tolkien but uh yeah the hobbit is, great. is my favorite favorite book i love that book um yeah. Yeah, it was kind and of if funny. you want more of our thoughts on Lord of the Rings series or or to Lord of the Hobbit, you can go to our three-part <laughs> epic. This is like episode 68 through 70 or something like that. You get in that range, you'll find it. But uh, yeah. It's... We sat down for hours and we just did that. Right, yeah. We, we were like, this cannot be a single episode. <laughs> yeah, we kept joking throughout the episode that this was going to be a trilogy of itself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, so my, I, uh, Mike. Uh, so yeah, so it's still my number one movie. I always watch it anytime I feel like it or anytime it's on. Uh, it's the Emperor's New Groove. Yes! <laughs> that movie's okay. so underrated. Okay, so how has it influenced your life? It keeps me humble. And it reminds me that no matter how weird I get, how David Spade-like one can be, you can always make a comeback. But really, it really just keeps me humble. Nice. It teaches it just teaches me humility. And uh I also like to talk to squirrels. So <laughs> <laughs> I like I like you coined the term David Spade like. That's my favorite <laughs> part of that. <laughs> like I mean after Chris Farley, like David just went through all the depression yeah. and couldn't do anything. And then we it was just silence. And then all of a sudden, here comes Disney bringing David into Emperor's New Groove with John Goodman, Patrick Warburton, and Eartha Kitt. Like, I'm like, okay, this. And then the movie ends. I'm like, this was amazing. And David just, I felt like he just got back on his feet after it. And like, I just love Emperor's New Groove just for that alone. And it brought David Spade back up and running. It 
got him on his feet again. And and again, like even the whole movie is he's a rich king, he's privileged, he has everything handed to him, and then he just all of a sudden becomes a llama and he loses everything. And for me, it just taught me humility. It, it just really did. So I always try to keep myself humble. And even now, like I have no rhyme or reason to be an IT director for a healthcare company, but I've only been in the job for three years with no IT certifications. You damn right. I'm going to stay myself humble. Like I don't deserve this, but everyone else does. I does. And I'm like, well, I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep myself level and not get big headed about it. For sure, man. Nice. All right, Stephanie. Oh, this is a tough one because there have been many franchises over the decades that I've been alive and even before I was alive um, that have shaped me in one way or another. But as much as I always say that Star Trek is in my blood, I got to answer your question with Sailor Moon because, well, for one thing, not necessarily Usagi, but Serena had a much bigger influence on my personality than I probably want to admit. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to emulate her from the age of eight years old. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, And then when I got into the, the dub, then it probably shifted a little more towards Usagi. But anyways, um, I mean... Yeah, it, it, my love of Sailor Moon. Granted, I drew a lot before I got into that series, but it was because of Sailor Moon that I really started doing it all the time, why I started creating my own characters. Um, it's why I got into cosplay. It's why I know you. Right. Um, it's actually why I live in Pittsburgh now, because I met Tim at Otakon while I was dressed up as Sailor Moon. And here we are now, 15 years later, living together with our own house and our cats and just basically common law married, just not legally married. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's just almost any element of my life I can probably trace back to somehow, some way, Sailor Moon and that... In some way, it makes me feel really dorky saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, sometimes feel weird saying that I like Sailor Moon because I also have the added stigma of you're a guy, you shouldn't like Sailor Moon. So, you know, there's. I mean, to this day, if a song gets stuck in my head that I don't want stuck in my head, what does my brain automatically try to override it with? Fighting evil by moonlight. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, no, that's only marginally better <laughs> oh god if, if, if you ever really want to rile beth up just start you don't even have to know the words just start humming the tune to the three o'clock fairies uh from the <laughs> supers that. movie yep. and she will get so mad because she's like that just loops in her brain if she hears the tune oh yeah that that song will loop in my brain too and then it starts fighting evil by moonlight <laughs> sailor moon's how i got my mom to understand anime um because like i was watching like dragon ball and dragon ball z and gundam wing and she was like it all just seems like really weird i just don't get it and then we watched sailor moon and they i think toonami was doing like a weekend where it was just like all all of the time the whole time slot for saturday friday saturday sunday was 
all Sailor Moon. It was probably so, when they got the last 17 episodes of R because they did man- marathon it for that. Yeah, so we we watched a bunch of it, and uh, and my mom got hyper into it, like she, like way more than I would have expected it to. She got into it like she gets she got into soap operas, and I was just like, <laughs> what is happening right now? And yeah, she was like, yeah, this whole anime thing, it's not so bad. And I was just like, that is amazing. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> I love that story. Man, I wish my mom would have actually gotten into it with me. How? Oh, actually, even Sailor Moon is why I'm so obsessed with the internet. Because um, my I was in fourth grade when I had the chicken pox. And that was right around the time that Sailor Moon got canceled for the first time in the U.S. And my dad was just really frustrated that I was hogging the TV the entire week because I had the chicken pox. So he loaded up some Sailor Moon websites and went, here, Stevie, here's the internet. Have fun. And I've basically <laughs> never logged off since. Oh, God, that's a dangerous <laughs> thing to say to a teenager is, here's the internet. Have fun. <laughs> I mean, this was back in 1995. So I, get it. <laughs> I was nine, I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, the internet I was thought, very different in those days. I thought you were going to be like, this is why I'm on the internet, because that time Sailor Mercury was on the computer in an episode, and she was on the internet, <laughs> and I wanted to learn more about that. <laughs> no, it was that my dad got tired of me hogging the TV, and so he introduced me to the wonderful World Wide Web. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So All right, yeah. No, I, I was wondering. I, I figured you were going to say Sailor Moon, but I thought you might surprise me with Star Trek. So I was. I no, was I curious. the entire time the other guys were talking, I was like, "What can I use other than Sailor Moon?" Hmm. I've loved Zelda since before Sailor Moon. No, that hasn't had that big of an impact on me, other than I always get obsessed with the games. Well, Star Trek's in my blood, and I name all my computer. No, that's still pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> I mean, take lame how you want it, whether it's lame that I do that or lame as a answer. But, <laughs> um, yeah, ultimately, it all came back to Sailor Moon. For a while, I even considered using Utena because that did have a huge impact on me. But why did I get into Utena? Because it's from the director of Sailor Moon. <laughs> so, it's all yeah. connected. Yep. All right, very cool. Yeah, I mean, for mine... Um, kind of similar uh to to what stephanie's talking about with sailor moon for me it's doctor who i have been a doctor who fan since i was five um it has been my favorite show since i was five i used to play doctor who on the playground i would find either other kids who had seen it or just tell them about it enough so that we could play whatever um it remains the series that even as an adult that I'm collecting action figures for, I've collected all the episodes. I've, you know, gotten all the audio for the episodes at the BBC junked because they're stupid, but thankfully people at home recorded them on cassette tapes. And so they actually still have audio for every episode that's missing. Um, and, uh, you know, just basically everything, like my love of writing, my interest in science, like everything can be traced back to Doctor Who. Um, so I think that, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, even though I saw Star Trek and Star Wars before I saw Doctor Who, I, I, Doctor Who dominated my life from the moment that I saw it. So uh, even though I love all three of those things a lot. Um, yeah, we don't see Star Trek reversing any polarities of a neutron flow or anything, you know. <laughs> you don't see that happening. You kind of break the laws of physics. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah. So yes, it, it's Doctor Who for me. I mean, hands down. And I mean, my love of writing and wanting to tell stories. I mean, that started with wanting to tell Doctor Who stories. So it's all it all goes down. You know, it's Doctor Who all the way down. So. And All right, everything so, you said about Doctor Who applies to me with Sailor Moon. So. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's very similar like story. It's just for me, it's Doctor Who. I mean, I've got a room dedicated to my Sailor Moon collection. So. Yes. And you've seen all my Doctor Who stuff. Yes. Yeah, I mean, shelves and shelves of DVDs, shelves and shelves of books. I've yep. got my action figures. You know, I mean, I, I've got collectibles and memorabilia. I've just got stuff everywhere. Um, you know, if the cat wouldn't constantly knock them over, you guys can see this. But I've got I've got my figures over here sitting next to me while I podcast. But uh, the cat knocks them over every time I set them up, and I've kind of given up on a lot of it. I know but, that pain. darn cat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, all right, round two. Wow, the, these are taking a little bit longer. I like that everybody's giving like big answers though. Um, so uh, yeah, James, what's your second question? Ooh, second question. Here we go. All right, so um, I'm th this one I I, I just kind of came up with on the fly. Um, my mom is a huge Care Bears fan, um, like loves the Care Bears. Like she had collectible glasses, all that kind of stuff. And I'm assuming most people here are probably familiar with who the Care Bears are. So my question is a two part question, um, which is if you could, if you personality wise, if you were reflective of any Care Bear, which Care Bear would it be? And the second part of that is if there was an opposing careless bear, what kind of careless bear would you be? <laughs> I think we may have gone like <laughs> your first one was brilliant in its craziness. This one might just be crazy. I'm kind of curious though. All right. So Mike, Mike, what, who's, who's, what care bear would you be, Mike? Uh, I do remember uh, the Bears of Care. Um, I can't They're remember rebooting it <laughs> <laughs> again. Uh, so with the cameras, uh, the 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 one I definitely know was Grumpy Bear, which of course was of course my favorite because it was like, oh, I'm grumpy. But if I, uh, I'm pretty sure there was one that was really shy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I, I used to have remember. a bunch of the toys. Yeah, I remember there was a there's a shy one. So, yeah. so yeah, so the shy one was basically where I kind of gravitated to because as a kid I was super shy. This outgoing person you see now is not it. That this is old. This is age coming in where I stopped giving a care about other people. So, but being uh, especially just a fat kid, just uh, I, I definitely went to the shy one oh, cold heartedly. Um, if it had to be a careless bear, uh, is wrestling careless? I just need to know because definitely let me. I did backyard wrestling and uh, definitely got injured a lot. <laughs> so uh, definitely, I, I don't have that wrestling anymore because I heard, I actually broke my ankle in a car accident and now I'm just completely scared to even walk right now. But but carelessness is like careless bear will be basically be wrestling bear would be me. So I gotta ask for backyard wrestling. Do you guys just take chairs back there and start bashing your, each other over the heads? So one of the beauties of uh, of my troop, uh, I'll call them, is 
we understood the fundamentals that actually went on in wrestling even before uh, WWE came out with Tough Enough. That was the reality show of how ordinary people, how they could be trained and become an actual professional wrestler. When, when that actually came out, that gave us more of like more fuel to the fire. But before that, like we actually spent Monday through Thursday uh, actually training, exercising, going over the matches. Friday night, we do final uh final walkthrough of how we would do it and and yeah we would definitely have the tables definitely have the chairs the kendo sticks the broom sticks and one of the big things that happened with me was uh i wasn't the hardcore champion i was an intercontinental champion uh just you know a little toy belt was great but from that one of the matches i had was a hardcore match defending my title and i had a broom that was split straight down across my head and they said i passed out but i don't remember it (laughs) i don't remember blacking out (laughs) i don't remember blacking out but i definitely know that i had blood coming down my face and of course i lost the bell because i didn't know what happened they said i was out for like 30 minutes uh ambulance came by and we were all good but it's just like whoa hold on what just happened, guys? Am I good? I don't. I didn't. I didn't need stitches. It was just a really bad gash. It did heal up, but like, whoa! <laughs> that was actually the one of my favorite and one of my scariest memories from doing that. But I still love wrestling. I still love watching it. And I wish I could get back into the ring. If I didn't have this ankle that had a rod holding it together, I would be back in the ring. Yeah, that's probably a good <laughs> idea. Is not to yeah, not to go into a ring. All right, um, Stephanie, Care Bears. Care Bears were before my time. <laughs> oh, I feel so old. I am 100% unfamiliar with the Care Bears. I know of their existence, and I had one stuffed animal that I think was just gifted to me when I was a, like an, a toddler. I don't know what Care Bear it was. Um, I'm pretty sure that they like shoot rainbows out of their belly. They um, do. Florida. The Care Bear stare. The Care Bear but stare. That's as much as I know. <laughs> I also think one of the voice actresses from the original Sailor Moon dub happened to also play a voice in it. But that I am not certain on. And if she did, that I only know because of Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, you were alive when Care Bears was big, but you were like an infant. Like, like it was like the mid '80s was like Care yeah. Bears heyday. You the know, Care Bears and the Care Bear cousins are kind of like a personality test. It's it's like what what kind of person are you? Like, do you care about people at all? Or <laughs> I mean, Bear yes cousins. and no. <laughs> I mean, it's like a lot of those cartoons. It's like how Smurfs, you know, like like each smurf is like a certain personality type you know like it lives a lot of those and cartoons even from the smurfs were kind of before my time but i yeah. at least watched them in rerun <laughs> but yeah i mean other um, things of that my little pony like all those different never shows, watched like... my little pony uh, <laughs> you guys are definitely older than me <laughs> i don't see i don't feel like thing is mike isn't older. mike definitely is not i don't yeah, know I'm about 36 James. 
Well, you are older than me, but only by a year. <laughs> oh, well. See, I, I just had a mom who was just like, I like these things, so I had to watch them whether I wanted to or not. So, Well, yeah, because they had was... VHS tape releases, and so, so even if you weren't watching it on TV, like, you could have, your, your mom easily could have had, like, tapes and stuff. That, oh, yeah, like... we had the Care Bear movie on a recorded cassette tape that we watched until it broke, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Yeah, I was a high school oops baby. Both of my parents were teenagers when I came around, so they definitely <laughs> weren't watching the Care Bears. <laughs> And I had no cousins until I was a teenager myself, so I didn't even get introduced to this stuff through other children in my family because I was the only child in the family. Well, that's not true. I had aunts and uncles who were also children, but they were older than um, Care Bears age so nathan you know me best which care bear would you say well you're asking me to remember something i haven't watched in 35 oh, years okay. because well, my answer is the only character that i remember well oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, i i'm yeah i'm so, bad with the yeah it's yeah i i can't answer the first half of that and so if there's a care bear of not caring i'm the care bear of not caring about the care bear. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i mean i mean it's easy for me i'm grumpy bear i mean <laughs> that's, that's who i am like i actually so like we have a uh, dave and busters um here uh not too far away from where we live and they had a grumpy bear like one of those giant grumpy like it's like this tall uh, as one of like the prizes if you collect enough tickets and I was totally like I'm getting that grumpy bear and so yeah I played it <laughs> so we get the I gave it to my daughter but I mean I, I I went for that grumpy bear because I was like it's grumpy bear grumpy bear is amazing oh yeah but, like they have the care bear so there's a care bear website still and uh because like I said they're rebooting it uh mm. I and I only know this because I came across the new stuffed animals not that long ago I was like wait isn't care bears just dead um but yeah in the heritage collection yeah i love the description of grumpy bear because it says grumpy bears unlike all the other care bears he frowns a lot he reminds us that no matter how well things may be going in our lives there inevitably will be times when we will find ourselves in a bad mood and that's all right as long as it doesn't last too long <laughs> i was like cool so he's just the pessimist in the group he's just like this isn't gonna last you're all gonna be sad at some point <laughs> See? There. <laughs> if you've listened to this show for long enough, you know it's true. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, careless bear. Um, I should have been thinking about this while I was listening to everybody else's answer. Um, God, careless bear. Um, I guess I'm the careless bear of friends because everyone's so into that show and i'm just like i can care less so <laughs> i hate that show too so ah, yes, yes somebody else there we go there we go <laughs> they did this friends re reunion thing you know a few weeks back 
don't know, it might have been a month or two by now. I don't remember yeah, that's exactly. that's all that my Facebook feed was. And I was like, get yeah. this off. Right. And I'm like, I can think of like 10 other sitcoms from the 90s that I'd much rather have like a, either a reunion or like a, a, a continuation to see like where they are like 20 years later. Like Frasier. I'd love, like, you want to do like a Frasier like 20 years later, which I hear now that they are thinking of doing or a reunion Frasier episode or whatever. I'm down for that. Friends, I don't care. <laughs> I care, Jennifer Aniston. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mike, the only reason I watched Friends at all for a couple of years was because of Jennifer Aniston. So, I hear you. I know where you're coming from. But, yeah, even that, like, she couldn't, yeah, like, she couldn't hold me because I was just like, this show is just awful. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm more of a Chandler, but yeah. <laughs> Chandler's funny. <laughs> I do agree. Chandler is funny, but he's again, it's not enough to sustain me on the whole show. But um that all I remember turn? from friends is smelly cat and Ross is a dick. Mm. That's all you need to remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, James, answer your own question. My own question, yeah, easily enough. So I actually retract to a Care Bear cousin, mm. uh, which is Noble Ooh. Heart Horse, um, because I I'm just I'm that kind of a person. Like I I believe in the nobility of things uh, and people like supporting each other and um, and just being like a good friend um, to to other people. Like I I treasure the people that are friends in my life, which includes all of you people, um, because. Man, high school is a rough time as it probably was for many of us where it was just like, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of people who are like into nerd culture. I grew up in a ranching community. So it was just like, you know, who, what, what cows asked, did you stick an arm up this week kind of thing? And I was like, I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I just watched Dragon Ball Z. Do you watch Dragon Ball Z? Uh, but yeah, like I was just outside of it. Um I'm imagining that as a real conversation. Like, what? the sad thing is that was I, even I a conversation. I wish it was, but I just didn't get along with people because, like, I was a nerd and therefore I was an outcast because they were all into like football and sports, mm. and you know they did chorin on the farm. There was just zero relation between me and so many people. I had like three friends in high school, and that was it. And we were the only people who were like. Magic the Gathering's fun. Uh, so that was it. Like, that was it. Um, if I had to be a careless bear, I would probably be an accident-prone bear because I just notoriously hurt myself all the time doing stupid stuff. Uh, the latest and greatest was like... I was actually in a meeting on my work computer here, and uh, it, it's a video conference meeting. So I'm in the meeting... And uh, fun fact, I love knives. Uh, one of the knives I have was given to me by my father, and it's a switchblade knife. And I unfortunately like to fidget with things because uh, I have ADD. So I'm sitting there fidgeting with it, and I push the button, and I wasn't paying attention to where my hand was. And so the very tip of the knife went like a quarter inch into my hand, <laughs> like mid-meeting. And I'm like, that, mm -hmm, that's in my hand. That's where that's at. <laughs> and so like very calmly, like, managed to like take it out of my hand and like close the knife and like set it aside without anybody noticing anything 
and then uh like after the meeting was over i had a i had the conference with somebody who was training me i was like i just have to go to the bathroom real quick i'll be right back <laughs> and i was just like yep there it is strikes again like if there is a way i can hurt myself i will do it like just period that's just my life you you may have a long lost uh, cousin on this on this episode <laughs> not that i'm gonna say names or anything maybe maybe <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking you're referring to me, but Mike also said he just broke a, a bone, so he might it have did a backyard wrestling. Few, yeah, he might have a few cousins. Uh, that's here. true. Yeah, yeah. I just know that Stephanie's claim to fame is falling upstairs, so you know that's. I, I don't get along very well with gravity. It's an accomplishment. <laughs> don't don't let every anybody ever put you down. That's a success. That's a oh success. My gosh. There was one time I fell up the stairs and my partner just happened to look over the railing and see me laying there, casually pulled his phone out, took a picture of me sprawled out, face planting into the stairs, and just went, you okay, Usagi? (laughs) My wife has the same problem. Like, she's not any better than I. Like, and this is why it's like, we have band-aids in abundance in this house. Oh, yeah. Like we have, a fr- we have like two first aid kits because my wife like stubbed her toe on an ottoman. It's huge. You can't miss it. There's no <laughs> way to miss it. It's half the size of the couch, and she hit it with her foot. And she was just like, "Yep, I did that." And I was like, "I know. I watched you do it." And I just laughed. Like I didn't have any empathy or sympathy. Like neither one existed. I was just like, "This is a moment that I'm just going to record and remind you of at some point." My my issue is like if you know like the mythology story of Cassandra who was always right. Like she would always prophesy. But nobody would ever listen to her. That's what I feel like. Because I'll always tell my wife, I'll be like, "Beth." don't cut the like you know get a big package a big box don't cut the knife towards yourself i know what i'm doing the the scissor embedded in her leg because she was taking it towards herself you know when you open scissors pointing both ways right and then she embedded it in her leg she needed stitches and i'm just like (laughs) yeah i said i i'm a boy scout i'm an eagle scout like i went all the way and i I went so long without losing a corner of my tote and shit, which is like your certification that you're safe to use a knife. Like <laughs> I, I went so long without anything going wrong. And then in one week camp out, I cut myself <laughs> three different times deeply too, like three different times over the course of the week to the degree that I was on a first name basis. By the time I got to number three, with the first aid guy on site where he like his name's justin i still remember his name and he goes james you can't be serious and i was like i don't i'm so sorry i don't know what happened like this hand right here my left hand was just wrapped in gauze basically like i couldn't do anything with it and he was just like if your scout leader doesn't cut off a corner of your damn tote and shit right now like i'm gonna do it like you tell him and he better do it like i'm so sorry Oh man! Back in 2019, I broke my foot by falling on it after I had finished walking down the steps and I was on the flat ground and yeah, I just basically fell and landed on my foot and my ass broke my foot. The ground is untrustworthy. And it was like a couple months after Beth broke her ankle doing like a merry-go-round, you know, like, you know, spinning the merry-go-round that the kids were on and... (laughs) 
falling somehow, like rolling her foot, falling in such a way that it broke her ankle. Yeah, my thankfully when my ankle randomly rolled, it didn't break my ankle. Instead, my butt broke my foot bone. Well, one of them. Um, yeah, Beth and I have similar issues with gravity. Uh, <laughs> it was just crazy that I was like, oh my God, you're both having yeah. like the same thing at the same time. And I'm sure the fact that both of us are avid Usagi cosplayers has yeah. nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you guys know your type really well. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, Mike, your second question. All right, so I know each of us have our own core, uh, core our core fandom. So the question I have for y'all is, from your fandom, what's the one thing you would change? Oh, I'm the first one in this one. And that's yeah. awesome because my core fandom is Sailor Moon. And the thing I wish most for is just damn consistency in the animation quality. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is, is fair. fair. <laughs> Both the original anime and Sailor Moon Crystal suffer from terrible quality control and consistency on the animation and that's all i want <laughs> i mean there are other things i want but that that is the one that drives me bonkers is just the lack of consistency in the art style and animation mm. yeah that's Even fair me. <laughs> i think a lot of animes could benefit from that because it's not just a sailor moon problem but yeah certainly for sailor moon that would be and, and it's got it's it's got definitely a bigger you know it's got a lot more content than a lot of animes and, so and it, like I watch a lot of anime mm. and Sailor Moon has some of the most drastic changes. Like, yeah, you'll see episodes here or there of other series that are popular too. That's the thing. Sailor Moon is vastly popular um, and it still has crappy quality control. But anyways, you'll see like, okay, there's a bad episode here. There's a bad episode there, but I'm talking complete style changes with crystal. It's just been the first two arcs and the third arc had another, uh, change and then the fourth arc had another change and gosh i really hope that if they do the fifth arc they just stick with the the, the style change that they did already for uh eternal but anyways with the original anime like you'd get completely different art directors episode to episode and it wasn't just a slight variation in quality it was there was a completely different art style going on <laughs> and i have there are very few anime I've seen that have that drastic of change going on. And the ones that do are usually ones that were done by little no-name studios, not a big property like Toy that, you know, is globally known as one of the anime that introduced people to anime. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is very fair for Sailor Moon. Um, so there's a lot of ways that I can answer this. Um, I'm going to go for a way that isn't mean. Because uh, <laughs> I could be a little mean on this. Um, I would really love, because I, you know, I mean, I sort of like came of age or whatever you want to call it during the period when Doctor Who was off the air. You know, so like I was I was 10 when it went off the air. And from that period until I was 25, there was no Doctor Who. And how they continued it was in books, mostly. Now, the audio drama started towards the end of that period. But, you know, I grew up, you know, through my teenage years reading Doctor Who books. And if there was one thing I could do, if I could just somehow magically make those into like televised episodes, 
that's what I would love to do. So that that way more people would know those stories. Cause you know, as books like nobody, I mean, they're out of print too. And it's just like, you know, nobody wants to read, you know, uh, you know, out of print, they're kind of hard to find books. You know, I, I would love if those could be transformed into episodes. We ever had the technology to just like completely deep fake something from the ground up. You know, I would love to like redo those somehow, like get them actually made up as CGI, but looking completely real um you know uh episodes so yeah that would be that would be the thing that i would like to change because for me that's like that's like my period of the show when it wasn't even a show so it's kind of crazy you know in that sense but i think there's some amazing stories there so yeah it's my thinking on that um hmm so I'll just stick with Assassin's Creed because if I go down the Batman rabbit hole, there's way too many things. Um, <laughs> I love Batman, but there's so many things I wish were like just a little tweaked. But uh, in the Assassin's Creed franchise, so this is a franchise that started off as a really like linear story, um, but still there was an open world concept of a world you could explore. Um, so it was just like, you know, you could see these historical cities, you know, the very first game starts off during like the early kind of crusades era. Um, and one of the problems that I think the franchise has at this point is it's a very, it, it's a huge open world. So to put it to perspective, Assassin's Creed first game through, I would say like Black Flag, I maybe put... 80 to 100 hours into um, with each game. Um, and I wouldn't even say that for the first game. The first game was probably much, much less. Uh, but as the franchise grew, the worlds grew. So there was more to explore, more time to put in. We've hit a point where I feel like the franchise is very much bloated um, as far as the amount of uh, exploration that you can do. So uh, from Assassin's Creed Origins, where you can basically explore Egypt, um, it's a huge landscape. It's tons to see. And for the first iteration of that, it was interesting and cool. But the problem is they've continued that through Odyssey, and they've continued it through Valhalla. And they keep making the worlds bigger. So it's like, oh, well, Origins was a big game. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is like twice the size of Origins. Valhalla is like three times the size of Odyssey. And I'm like, I, I don't want to literally put in the actual amount of hours it would take me to travel from this side of England to that side of England. I don't want to do that. <laughs> and I think a lot of fans are suffering from that same problem. And unfortunately, it's like Ubisoft just recently announced uh, potentially what they're calling uh, code name Assassin's Creed Infinite. And I was like, no. No, that's a bad name. That's a bad name. That name tells me it never ends. But what they're saying is it'll be like individual stories in a like perpetuating world. And I was just like, depending on how they do this, it might be okay. But if it's, yeah, if it's like these huge worlds, I mean, to put it to perspective, Assassin's Creed Origins, I put 120 hours into alone. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I put 180 hours into. And Valhalla, I've probably put a about the same amount of time into and that's because i finally got to the point that i was like i don't need to pick up every little thing i just don't i don't i like i gotta get rid of this like this is my own mental issue like i just gotta throw it aside or i'll never get through this game um 
so yeah it's that's the biggest arcing problem is i would like them to get back to like smaller linear stories like smaller worlds um we haven't ever spent since the uh Ezio trilogy we've never spent any time with one character it's one game one character and then you move on whereas like the Ezio franchise was three games by itself where you got to actually follow a character from his origin to like his middle age to when he was an old man and like nearing the end of his assassin's like career where he was like you know i could retire i could stop killing bad guys that would be okay <laughs> So, so I would kind of like them to get back to that kind of storytelling because I think it's, it's just better storytelling when you have a smaller linear world you're able to focus on on few like there's not so much to try to focus on as world building, you just focus on that story. Because I've started to notice, like, that's one of the things Valhalla suffers from is the story is really kind of convoluted out of all of the games, this is the one and I'm at diehard fan i've bought every collector's edition that comes out and i'm confused i'm like i don't i don't understand it anymore like i don't know what the hell this character's motivation is so i feel like they need to get back to like smaller storytelling and that would really improve that universe and and keep that franchise fresh and alive if characters were actually interesting you know, in Infinite James, they just model the universe, the known universe within the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, can, no like that's you can what go I anywhere in all of Infinity of Space. Like, oh, you could just, yeah, you could just be any character, and you can play in any timescape that you want. Like, you want to have Ezio, who's like from the 1400s, and you want to play him in the 1800s? Go for it. We don't care anymore, and I'm half expecting that. Okay. And loot boxes. More loot boxes. <laughs> All right. Um, Mike, answer your own question. Uh, there's nothing to change. Doctor Who is perfect. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. You guys are weird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, no. Um, and again, like the, the core fandom that I've grown into is uh, is Doctor Who. And I, I mean, and even unlike Nathan, like I actually came in with 2019's Christopher Eccleston, Ninth Doctor. 2005. Not, uh, which one? You said 2019. It's 2000. Oh my God, it was 2005. That's right. Oh my God. I'm, <laughs> kind, I'm of a, a kind of a big fan. swing there. You know, if you'd just been a year <laughs> off, I wouldn't have said anything. I know. I was like, wait, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a minute. Did they bring <laughs> him back? It's time yeah, travel. Don't worry about it. Same thing. Like, wait, there's more with Eccleston. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was introduced, and then uh, come to find out that there was more to it. And it's like, holy crap, there's more to it. So I definitely went to the airwebs and found everything. Um, but even looking, I haven't even finished like the newest season about it, and uh, I still really of course enjoy the doctor who i enjoy the storyline and even when they went back to the format of like these two-parter or three-parter episodes uh it's great my big issue with it still is the level of companionship compared to what we had in the old you know like it's it was rough for me with uh with rose it's like oh because that fit uh today's trope of like you know falling in love with this mysterious man uh or and I'm really happy we haven't seen that with uh, Jody with uh, Jody's doctor, but like just even the level of companions, I, I'm just not interested in them. The only companions I've really been interested with somehow was uh, Roy and Amy. 
like those were my companions during my time of my doctor. And God, I hate Rory and Amy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just that was just a, a, a different dynamic. And then Cla- when Clara came on, I just I I got and I understood her with with Matt Smith's doctor, like, okay, we get it a little bit. But then when she went into with Capaldi's doctor, that was just a complete that was just terrible. That was just, uh, I just couldn't deal with it. And especially when Mr. Paint came in, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want, I need these companions to be better. I just, that's all I need. It's like, I want the companions to be better with, uh, going forward. I know, and again, I haven't seen what this, uh, the last season of Dr. Who. So I'm not sure how everything enthralls. Uh, I know exactly who the master is. So I, I know that part, but these new companions, this is like a group. Like this is like there's a lot of kids, a lot of people in this in this box. Okay, so I'm wanting it for even that. To, I I enjoy tidbits of them, uh, but not all together. Singularity, yes. Togetherness, no, not really. So I just need better. I just want better companions in the future. That's all I want. And I don't know. And usually, like even when I have a problem with the game, like I have a way to fix it. But with the companions, like I don't have I don't have a fix. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, guys, just as an aside, I know we're going a little bit long. I'm sorry I said that it wasn't going to go to two hours, but I do want to finish second questions at least. Obviously, we're not doing third questions. So <clears throat> get back to it. <clears throat> All right. So, Stephanie, what's your second question? Um, I'm trying to think of one that will hopefully have quicker answers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with of not necessarily your primary fandom, but what is a uh, a shame you have about one of your fandoms? In other words, something that you're almost embarrassed to admit and others probably assume it to not be true. Does this make sense? Okay. I, th- I mean... Like, because where my head goes... You want me to answer my own question first just to kind of give you an example of what I mean. Like, something we're embarrassed about in our fandom. No, about you personally. Oh. So, like, for me, my my kind of shame about Sailor Moon is the fact that I, uh, I, I love to boast that I got into it when it was in its very first run here in America... Um, but it took me until about a month ago to finally finish watching Sailor Moon Crystal. <laughs> I just, okay. I, I got real let down by the way the first two arcs were treated, and I just never watched the third arc until, oh, hey, Eternals coming out in a week. I guess I should probably finally actually watch this. And I I did not, I, I mean, I didn't actively deny it, but I avoided answering whether or not I had actually finished Crystal anytime it came up because I didn't want to admit to people that I actually didn't finish watching it. Okay. So that's what I mean in, in this question. Okay. No, I think all right. So I, I think I got it. So yeah, I guess I guess for me it is starting to become a shame kind of thing. Like 
I didn't think it would be, but just because like people almost expect it now when you're a Star Wars fan, is I haven't seen any of the. Well, I shouldn't say any. I haven't seen I, I except for the very first Jendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars, not the other Clone Wars, but that one, which I saw some of. I've not seen any of the Star Wars animated stuff. Okay, like, at all. Um, it. I mean, as soon as they said Clone Wars, I was like, I'm out. Like, I hate the prequels. I don't want anything to do with it. And then Rebels builds on Clone Wars. So I'm like, nope, none of that. Don't want any of that, anything to do with it. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's like the best thing ever. And so I'm just like, okay, maybe someday. But like right now, I, I just, mm, I don't, I don't care. I don't want, I don't want to be reminded of the prequels by watching Anakin and ewan mcgregor obi i mean it even angers me that there's an obi-wan series with ewan mcgregor because i'm like i don't want the prequels to continue in any way so it's just like (laughs) but um yeah so like that's that's it i mean yeah because i like people just assume that if you're a star wars fan and watching things like the mandalorian that you've seen all these cartoons and i'm like no i watch the mandalorian i love it i don't watch the cartoon mandalorian's great yeah, yeah. I so. haven't watched the cartoons either. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, James. Uh, so probably my comic book knowledge. Uh, the funny thing is, is I don't actively read comics. Um, I actually haven't read that many comics in my life. I have one box of comics, um, and they're really, really random. Um, I I think the first set of comics I ever picked up was in it's a store that used to be in Dillon, Montana, and it was called Kings. And they had this like packet of like 10 comics for like $2 or something like that. And so I bought it and there were some Marvel comics in there. There were some other uh, comics and stuff. So I I read a bunch of random stuff. And so I kind of got into comics. I didn't really follow it for a very long time. Uh, The most recent comic I ever, that that I bought was uh, the Deadpool run for, um, Oh God, what was it called? It's it's basically like a bunch of multiverse Deadpool. So it's like, but they're all teamed up. So it's like Deadpool and Headpool from the zombie universe and all. And I loved it. I was like, this is like the best comic. Um, even though like I'm a rabid like fan of a lot of different comic book characters, a lot of my knowledge actually comes from a lot of Wikipedia research um, because there's these huge comic arcs that I would love to actually read. Like I would love to read Blackest Night. I know a lot of people have been like, eh, it's here and there, but I would love to read it, but it's a lot to read. It's, it's so much. And like finding it, like affording the ability to purchase like just the Blackest Night stuff. Like I found the book that's like, this is everything that's related to Blackest Night. So you don't have to go and buy each comic mm-hmm. <laughs> itself. Um, so yeah, a lot of my comic book knowledge just comes from curiosity and like research on the internet and being like, oh, what was that about? Um, but I will say my Batman knowledge has definitely gotten better. I have it right here. Let's see if I can not make a mess. Um, my sister-in-law got me this guy. Uh, it is every possible thing I could want to ever know about Batman in film, animation, video game, etc. It's this huge encyclopedia. And I love it. Uh, it's actually got a couple of scripts in it too um, from like uh, TV shows and stuff that they did. But yeah, like 
that's my deep dark secret is everybody's like you're really knowledgeable about comics and i'm i don't really read that many comics i don't i would love to but i can't afford it that's the problem <laughs> nice the only thing i have an actual encyclopedia for is babylon 5 um my other stuff, like I have a lot of nonfiction Doctor Who books just about the making of the show, but they're not like encyclopedias. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and some of my other knowledge comes from like the like DC is doing a great job, in my opinion, with a lot of the animated properties. They're starting to convert like entire like comic books or uh, graphic novels that they had for specific characters into these animated properties. So it's like uh, I think the there, there's a what is it the the longest night or whatever for batman is coming out in an animated form and i was like perfect i'll watch the hell out of that um because i'm familiar with the background of the comic but i've never actually read it um and so that's like i said that's where just a lot of my knowledge comes from is i like i watch the animated stuff i watch movies i read wikipedia but for the most part i haven't read uh like i think the last batman run i bought and i love it it's hands down one of my favorite runs was when batman died but then traveled through like different eras of time as like different weird versions of batman so it's like he's like a cave bat batman and then there's like a pirate batman i was like this is the best are you kidding me like i love this all right uh and mike what is your secret geek shame oh my god oh so, so i'm i of course love anime mm. all right i do love it the secret, like the things I actually have to keep secret is what anime I watch. <laughs> because I jump in not knowing anything about it and instantly I get embarrassed. And the biggest example of it is it was, uh, I can't, it's like, it's like Monster Masume or something. Oh, God. And Again, the the cover art, like, oh, it's a dude, monsters. This looks pretty cool. And I get into the episode, I'm like, oh, oh, this isn't that. I don't need to. Oh, well, I'm already in. I guess I'm watching the, the 12 episodes. Shoot. Oh so, so Tim watched that uh, when it first came out. And I just happened to walk into the room at the wrong point every time. I'm like, so you're watching hentai? He's like, no, it's really not hentai. I'm like, it's okay if it's hentai. You don't have to lie to me. <laughs> no, I watched it at like the dark, like in the dark at like midnight where I'm like, and of course I li I'm living by myself and I'm like, I still feel terrible. Like is, <laughs> I think there's a guy or something watching me just, I'm just feeling terrible. Not doing anything except for just watching it and still enjoying it. But every time something happens, I'm like, oh my God, why am I watching you? Why do my uh, research? As, as soon you as you were? said, like, as soon as you said I like anime, I was like, oh my God, it's either hentai or furries. It's hentai or furry. <laughs> Like, I empathize you with, with you 100%. Like, when I was in college and living in the dorms, there was this guy, like, five dorm rooms down from me, and I had my door open, and I was watching some anime, and I think I was watching, like, Endless Waltz or something, Gundam mm -hmm. Wing, like, very, very fine, vanilla for the most part, right? And he, <laughs> he comes in, and he goes, oh, you like anime? And I go, yeah, didn't introduce himself, didn't say his name, nothing. And he goes, I like anime. And I was like, oh, that's cool, dude. Uh, awesome. And he goes, I have one you should check out. I think it's really good. And I went, oh, no. oh, sure. And so he burned me back in the day when people burn CDs. For those of you listening who oh, don't no. know what that is, 
It's a old, like early two thousands, like nineties era thing. It, it was like a Blu-ray, but like worse. Yeah. yeah. So he burned a DVD of this anime. I have it right here. I still own it. Uh, it's called Mirage Blaze. No. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, I'm watching it, and I was like, like I get through like a, a couple of episodes, and I was like, this is different. This is odd. <laughs> Something about like this is not like any anime I watched because I was like. Dragon Ball Z, Inu Yasha, like stuff like that. I was like, yeah, you were like the tsunami anime. Yeah, 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 like Roroni Tension. Like I love this stuff, and so I watched this, and then it took a turn at some point where I suddenly realized what was happening, (laughs) and I went, "Oh, this, oh, oh, that, oh, this is." well, this is awkward now, like, <laughs> but I finished it. I was just like, well, now I'm like, now yes! I'm in, like, I, I have to know where the story goes. <laughs> I'm watching I mean, it for the story. It's like people who read Playboy for the articles. Yeah, yes, I was like, I have to know where this sir. ends now, like, in for a penny, in for a pound. This dude likes that dude. I got to find out if they hook up or not. Like, I don't know. I discovered hentai through a, a doujin that was Sailor Venus and Sailor Mars when I was like 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just Mike, I got to ask, have you watched Interspecies Reviewers then? No. <laughs> well, come on. The title alone, I wouldn't that's... have watched it. This thing, I didn't know what it was. I saw monsters and I saw a dude. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. Oh, Oh, there's a tentacle. Okay, I, I, this is terrible. Exactly what happens. Tim and I actually sat down and watched interspecies reviewers together, like as it was coming out. And the only place we could watch it after uh, various uh, companies started dropping it because they realized what the show was, we had to go to Pornhub <laughs> to watch it. Oh my god! <laughs> See, I've never heard of this, and I just like started typing in Google. It's the very first thing that comes up when you type in interspecies oh yes it's a hilarious it auto completes the reviewer and i was like oh geez it is it's done with a story and it's funny this oh, has been and the first thing i think day. of <laughs> and the first thing i think of is counselor troy talking about that guy she met at the conference that was like i hear you're interested in interspecies mating ritual <laughs> that's basically what this show is except it's set in like your typical rpg setting you've got an elf a human and an angel who are going around to various brothels and reviewing the different species <laughs> oh god oh my god and yeah it's, it's funny <laughs> this is how and we I learn am... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am just pleased that as the only woman on this particular podcast i'm the one who's aware of this series and has at least openly admitted to watching it as Mike looks away as I'm saying this. I still don't know if you watched it. I got my, like, you know, like when I was first getting into anime, you know, because I had just seen, like, this is before this is before Cartoon Network actually had the Toonami block, and they just showed Sailor Moon and Robotech. This is before even DBZ was on Toonami, okay? Or on, on Cartoon Network. It was Sailor Moon, then it was Robotech, and that's all they had. Robotech is basically macross and some other 80s animes that some people just like smashed together and dubbed as if they were just one single series it's awful (laughs) um but anyway anyway that's not important so my friend was the same kind of thing i like anime 
you know, like I know all about it. And he actually showed me some DBZ because that was one of the things he had because it had been in America. It just hadn't been on Cartoon Network yet. And he had some VHS tapes. So he showed me some DBZ and I was like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, here's another thing. Here's a movie. It was called Wicked City. Now, Wicked City, you might think might be some sort of action adventure kind of thing. And it kind of is, but, you know, basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hentai. It's, yeah. So I saw some things I can't unsee. Like, don't tell your friends, like, hey, I found this great anime. I mean, yes, technically, it's anime. Yeah. But it's also hentai. It's porn. But be honest about exactly what it is. <laughs> 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 Unless you're just like, that's it. You're doing it for the lols. You're like, I'm just going to tell them it's like a really vanilla thing. And it's not at all. And it's going to be great. <laughs> no, I have trust issues with Hulu and anime now. <laughs> All right. So Stephanie already gave her own on this one. It's down to me. Last question. If you could live in any fictional location, or if it's a real location, but the fictional version of it from something that you've read or watched or whatever, where would you want to live? I want to make sure I understand. Any fictional place. Any fictional place. Or or it can be a real place, but like from like a movie or TV. Because, you know, like even if a place is a real place, like usually the fictional version of it, like isn't quite right, you know, but it's like you can pick it if it's from like a movie or something, you know. I would say just because it pertains to the things I love so much. And I like the, I like the idea of it. And this actually goes to an anime, which is sword art online. Like if I could live in a video game world like that, I would do it. I would hands down do it. Like, I think that's such a crazy cool concept where, uh, you know, you, your mind emulates what your character's doing, which makes it very matrixy for me. I'm like, then if I come into the real world, do I actually have like some combat abilities? Like, but yeah, I would, I would love that. That'd be great. Okay. All right, Mike. You know, funny enough, it's, I'm actually on that same realm. So our online was actually one of the first thoughts for me too. <laughs> cause, cause, yeah, and cause, and, and my big thing with video games is I'm an MMO player. I play life service games, so I'm always about the immersion. And even Sword Art Online as an anime, like that, like intrigued me, and it opened up the world to a seki anime where you get hit by a bus or you die. You get transported into like a video game kind of world, but it's fantasy. So, like, so, so yeah, like even Sword Art Online is basically like the the default that or the pinnacle that everybody kind of goes to in that same form. And I'm in the same boat. Like uh, I, I'm even looking at all my games that are just all about the immersion of online play, uh, even Star Trek online. <laughs> so uh, I mean, honestly, I'll actually probably go a little bit into, and I actually remember this as a child. Now I would actually love to live in the world of Dragon Ball Z. I actually would. Like okay. I want to punch I mean, someone through a mountain. Right, you you, you, you <laughs> waxed eloquently about living inside a computer game, but then you just throw out DB, why, why DBZ? I would love to do DBZ because, yeah, it's it was really the first anime that uh, really got me into it. Really, the first anime was really Guyver, but hell no, I'm not going to live in that world. <laughs> uh, but with Dragon Ball Z, that was really, of course, like, every other most American person. It was the introduction to, to a lot of the uh, 
uh, a lot of the anime and with Dragon Ball Z, like, I mean, even my name Trex comes from the name Trexus. And that was my fan fiction of I was Goku's uh, older brother. And so uh, that's just where I can't even my name came from what I use on the internet now. And I, yeah, I just want to punch a guy in the, in the face and blow him into a mountain. Like how badass would that be? Oh my, like, that every is so time adorable. I, walk... I never knew that about you. <laughs> Dude, I tell you now, like my, I have such an active imagination. Every time I'm walking across the street, I always imagine as a car coming to me, just stopping, putting my foot out and just stopping the car with my foot. I, I, I just, I just have to ask one thing. Okay. I just have to ask one thing. Does it not bother you at all that there are at least two dozen people just living on Earth that could destroy the Earth if they felt like it? I mean, yeah, but I mean... (laughs) I mean, don't we live in that world now? I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, DPZ Earth is pretty dangerous, really. But, I mean, but uh, they save all that for a martial arts tournament, you know? I mean, right. come on. That's not counting They're all the people check. from space that can blow up the Earth. It's just on Earth, there are at least two dozen people who can destroy the whole planet. Like, right, it's not a perfect world, okay? <laughs> right. I right. know the dangers I live in. All right, Stephanie. Um, well, kind of like it. My, my online alias kind of comes from the same type of answer I'm going to give for the sheer fact that it was the name I originally came up with for any role-playing character that I had. Uh, And uh, really, I don't have a specific world in mind um, other than just some world where magic truly does exist in the literal sense that you see in like RPGs and a lot of isekai anime and where I could learn to conjure a fireball in my hand or there are like mythical creatures that are well known um, as real things and just that type of fantasy world be it as benign as Tolkien's world or as crazy as the world in like uh Shoot, what's the full title of the anime? Uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime? I just always call it slime. <laughs> um, it's my favorite isekai. Right next to like Shield Hero, which I binged super fast. Um, oh yeah, Shield Hero is a great one, but that world's kind of dark. <laughs> Slayers represent. Slayers, that's another good example of just that type of magical world. Okay. So. Very and cool. Elkraya was my name for my our, my roleplay character that always lived in those types of worlds. And now it's just the alias I've used, gosh, I think half my life now. I first came up with it when I was 15 or 16 years old. Over half my life. Yipes. Anyways. I, yeah. I'm just starry all over the place on the internet. And that comes from my, well, not my first tabletop RPG experience, but my second tabletop RPG experience. So it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same uh, thing. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, uh, I can't think of anywhere I would rather live than the Enterprise D, a.k.a. the Space Hilton. Because <laughs> not only does this place have like, you know, you can have any food you want. You just ask for it. It just materializes. The rooms are huge. Like, you know, everything looks super comforting or you're comfortable and opulent. And not only that, 
you have got a room you can go into and wish up any scenario. If you want to live in a fantasy world, you say, hey, computer, queue up Slayers, queue up, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, queue up, you know, whatever fantasy world that you want to live in and you can live there for a day and you can come back. You can save your thing and, and go back and you can be any character within that world. I, I was very close to actually giving the same answer, but those tinfoil bed sheets I have just... <laughs> Uh, the future doesn't look so great in bedding. <laughs> okay, I mean, fair enough. But I bet if you ask the replicator, it can make you a different kind of, you know, sheet. So, uh, I so, have only one problem with a replicator in that world, which is it doesn't make real alcohol. It makes synthol, <laughs> and so it doesn't really get me drunk. And it doesn't really, as Scotty himself says, it doesn't taste anything like real scotch. So I have some problems with that, but <laughs> I can understand how that would be a, a huge drawback for you, James. I mean, I get that it's like, oh, have a drink and relax, but you don't actually ever get drunk because guess what? You work on a starship, you crazy person. Everybody's <laughs> got to be on their A game or this whole thing goes sideways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't drink that much. I'm not a big drinker. Uh, so, I mean, for me, that's like not, I love the idea of the holodeck though. And yeah, in the show, like it goes wrong all the time, but really, you know, <laughs> it doesn't go wrong. Like all the times in between episodes, it doesn't go wrong. So what are your actual I mean, the, odds? That is true. Like the holodeck is about the closest to an actual like emulation of like a sword art online I could probably get to. So I could, right. I could. And so both. it's like anything like, like one day you feel like living in this kind of, you know, like a historical reenactment world. It's very realistic, but you just want to like live how the people lived in the 17th century, you know, in a certain place, you know, for a day. But then you want to do a sci-fi epic, you know, yeah. adventure, or then you want to do a spy thing, a spy thriller, or then you want to do a fantasy. Like you could, you could have all the worlds. Yeah. Well, it's like so. look at what they did. I I love how the Orville made fun of that, where yeah. it was just like he's like in the samurai armor fighting a goblin, and he like cuts the guy's arm off, and he's just like, oh, I gotta get back, dude. Like, are you good? And the guy's like, no arm. And he's like, yeah. I'll be all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, that's so great. Like, I would love that. <laughs> you mentioned the Orville making fun of it, and I thought of the porn episode. What is wrong with me? <laughs> you could live in that world, too, if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, you can do whatever I mean, want. that's how Quark gets his business on DS9. Oh, I mean, that's basically, you know, it's his holodeck, basically, thing that he just sells for people to, you know, I mean, enjoy themselves. If I had access to a holodeck, I would which I would love, love, love to, but I would probably end up with an addiction like Barkley. And I don't want to be like Barkley. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say like Bordas. <laughs> I was going to get really worried. <laughs> Orville oh my gosh, I didn't even realize they both start with B. So yeah, that <laughs> sentence really cut it close. Huh? <laughs> You had just talked about that episode, and then you were like, I'm going to die at a real holiday. I'd probably end up like, and I'm <laughs> that's an admission to make publicly. It's like this, this might have just like isn't much better. Uh <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> But at least his had less overt sexual <laughs> A little more, a little more flair. <laughs> Oh man. All right, guys. This was this was so much fun. <laughs> we didn't get through as many questions as, as I thought. Uh, I think we went a little quicker the first time we did these 
uh, but a different group of people, different length of answers, whatever. But it was still a huge amount of fun. So, um, and I think I think we've all shared some things about ourselves that people listening will <laughs> definitely know a, little, a lot more about us. Whether you want to know it or not, now you do. <laughs> I definitely learned things about all of you that I didn't know. So I mean, it's right. Yeah. Um, I'm apparently the degenerate of the group. So. <laughs> you're, you're the only admitted degenerate. I'm... <laughs> okay, and I wouldn't have expected better. a Care Bears question from you, James. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Our Care Bear expert. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us. So uh, let's start with you, Stephanie. Um, where can you find me on Twitter? I'm Elkrea. Ah, wasn't I just talking about that? Um, it's A-L-K-R-E-A. And on there, you'll usually just find me uh, if I'm posting at all. It's usually about my writing. Um, otherwise, you can find me pretty much anywhere as Witch's Teacup. Uh, but that's possessive witches just nothing lets me put an apostrophe in there so instead it looks like a grammatical error which kind of drives me bonkers but that was my choice um anyways which is teacup where i post uh well it started out focused on teas and tea reviews but i am going to be branching out into a few more other things with uh some of my wildlife photography and some witchy stuff and things like that and I registered that name across Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter or Instagram is its home base, but yeah, that's that's pretty much where I am about online now. All right, and James, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Yeah, always great. Uh, everybody can find me at Roman on the Rocks across the web, um, whether it's you know Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, and uh, yeah, sharing my views and all that and doing the nerdy thing. All right. And Mike, say your goodbyes and let people know where they can find you. I buy interwebs. You can, of course, find me over on Twitter at this is Trex. That's T Rex. And uh, for any video game and everything, anything video game related, you can find me over on twitch.tv slash Trexlight. All right. So, Stephanie, James, Mike, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thanks for having me. I'll have a blast. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Indeed. And that's it for our Get to Know the Cast episode. So I really want to know what this one, what did you think? I mean, because this is a different kind of format than a lot of the episodes that we've done in the past. You know, we've only done something like this in the first episode. Would you like to see this kind of thing again? Are there any particular cast dynamics that you want to see, like certain people that you like that go well together, or if there are certain people that you don't recall ever having on an episode together and you'd like to see them together? Let me know, and let me know if you want themed ones like this. I mean, I know it's kind of veering into when we do topics anyway, but the sort of round-robin question format could still be used while talking about some kind of a theme. You know, these have been freeform so far because they're more of just a... Uh, hey, tell everybody a little bit about what you think of this kind of question. So just let me know, because this is a sort of a fun thing. I like getting different members of the cast together and having us all just kind of talk. So yeah, and you can let me know in a bunch of different ways. One way is to email me at everything at 42cast.com. You can also go to our website at 42cast.com. You can also go to Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. 
or you can go to either Twitter or Instagram at 42cast. And you can also leave reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts, every single review helps because the more reviews that we have, the more we show up in searches. So I appreciate that. Also, you should know about the ESO Network Patreon. It's a way of helping all the shows on the ESO Network. You can go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. Check that out. See all the different tiers. And if you have some funds available and you like what you see on the tiers, then go for it. We appreciate that as well. You can also find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't need to purchase anything to do this, even if you don't have all those episodes of Doctor Who, because I know they're kind of hard to find, especially in the United States, because we explain everything about the episodes or everything that's important in the episodes in the podcast. So if you just like to hear our banner, you can do that. But if you do have the episodes or you want to get the episodes and you listen along, along with us, you'll definitely get more out of it. The other show is Legendary Forces, where Juliet and I, but also Joe, Corinne, and Ashley, we're going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So it's the movies, the comics, the TV shows, the novels, all of that different content, everything that takes place in the Star Wars universe. And not only do we rate the content for its quality, but we also talk about the sort of expanding idea of what Star Wars is and the different ideas of continuity and canon and things that make it into newer canon, even when the original content is not canon, like Kyber Crystals, you know, come from Splinter in the Mind's Eye, which is a novel that nobody would say is canon. But those crystals, they do show up in later media. So ideas sort of trickle through the Star Wars universe. So anyway, if that interests you, then check out that show as well. When this episode comes out, we should be right on top of Chicago TARDIS, and that is the only con that I'm attending this year. Another news, Beth and I are watching a mini-series called Shogun. It is really good. We're finishing that up, actually, tonight, the night that I'm recording this. And so, so far, I've been pretty happy with it. Definitely falls into some tropes with the European guy in ancient Japan. And, you know, sort of he's way cooler and gets to do way more stuff than would probably happen in real life. But it's still an entertaining movie. And I'm surprised for the level of accuracy that it has for something that was made in 1980 as far as Japanese culture and everything. So I've been pretty pleased with it. I think it's worth checking out if you've never seen it before. And part of the reason why I'm going to it now, even though it's been kind of in my short list of something to watch for a really long time, is because there's actually a new version of it being made right now. And I'm kind of curious about that too and the changes that they're making to, you know, like how it will be different from the version that was made in 1980. So that'll be, you know, interesting. But yeah, otherwise, not too much to report this time. So I think it's time to wrap it up. Join us back next week when Mina Sundwal will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2021 got a question for the ultimate answer contact us at everything at 42 cast.com theme music is sharper swords by brandon ellis check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com the 42 cast is a proud member of the eso network
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.